10-3 is brought to you by Callaway. Just like a podcast, my golf game needs a good start, and if you're anything like me, you know how much a good driver can up your game. That's why you need Callaway's new Epic Flash driver with Flash Face technology. It's shattering the idea of how fast a driver can be. It's Callaway's first ever driver face engineered with artificial intelligence. What's that mean? Using machine learning, Callaway's supercomputer, yes, they have one of those, was able to test, refine, tweak, and retest over 15,000 different faces to find the fastest one. That's flash face technology. Learn more at callawaygolf.ca. April 7th marked the anniversary of the death of Logan Boulay, who died a day after many of his Humboldt Broncos teammates were killed in a crash involving the team bus. Boulay survived his injuries from the crash long enough so that he could fulfill a wish to be an organ donor, something he was inspired to do by a former trainer. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. We look at how what became known as the Boulay Effect inspired Green Shirt Day and how his parents are hoping to create a lasting legacy out of their son's final act of giving. Every episode, we try to bring you the most important or compelling stories in the country, whether it's the latest in political news from Ottawa or enterprise journalism from newsrooms across Canada. And to make sure you don't miss an episode, all you have to do is subscribe. We're on all the big platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. Anyway, hit subscribe and leave us a friendly review. I'm very proud now. It takes time to think these through. I'm very proud that Logan made a decision at such a young age of 19, which seems funny to say young age, but it is a young age when most kids are not thinking about those things. But he made that decision to be an organ donor. And I'm very proud that he didn't decide to actually fall through and sign his donor card up. It's just, we hear every day that someone signed up because of Logan, which is, and it's not just because of the days and weeks after the crash, it's ongoing. It's like, People would tell us, I just signed up a week ago. Leisha Corbella is a columnist with the Calgary Herald. So, Leisha, Logan Boulay is is buried next to a, a former trainer of his and a one-time University of Lethbridge rugby coach, Richard Suggett. What significance did Suggett have in Logan Boulay's life? Well, Richard Suggett is the reason that Logan Boulay decided to become an o- organ donor. So there's this really amazing symmetry in what happened. A couple of weeks before Rick Suggett died, very suddenly from a brain aneurysm, this fit, very boisterous, lovely man, he, his wife and him had a discussion about organ donation. He said, yeah, I, I want to be an organ donor. Like, I don't need my organs. So... When he died suddenly, his wife donated his organs. And Logan Boulay, whom this Rick Suggett had been training as a volunteer to help him be more um, fit uh, for his hockey, had had such an impact on Logan that Logan was one of his pallbearers at his funeral. And one day, uh, Logan was talking to his dad, Toby. They were just out on the back deck or maybe in the hot tub. He doesn't quite remember, but it was August 2017, a couple of months after Rick Suckett had died. And Logan just confided with his dad and said, I'm going to be an organ donor because of Rick. And Toby Boulay kind of brushed it off. He feels bad about that now. But he just said, well, you'll be 80 years old and no one will want your organs. And and Logan said something I think really interesting. He said, nope, I'm going to be an organ donor. 
I think he's just planning on really being healthy his whole life and and his organs being in great shape and of benefit to somebody. But, you know, the, the really interesting thing is I went down to Lethbridge to interview just the most beautiful family you'd ever want to meet is uh, Toby and, Lo- and Bernie Boulay, the parents of Logan Boulay. We went down to Lethbridge and we went to the grave site of Logan Boulay. And Logan's gravestone is directly behind Rick Suggett's gravestone. And this was not planned. Like, I mean, the symmetries here are amazing. And uh, Rick Suggett was actually buried after Logan, even though he he died in advance of Logan. It's just the way it all worked out. But you can, if you stand looking at Rick Suggett's uh, gravestone, you can see Logan Boulay's right, in, right behind it. Wow. It's just something. Yeah. And it, it it seems like, you know, such a simple thing that that Logan would be inspired by Rick Suggett, his one-time trainer, to to sign his organ donor card. And then not long after, tragically, obviously, that mm-hmm. uh, designation was put to use to to save lives it directly. How many how many people benefited from that act of Logan? Directly from Logan's organs, they know of six people whose lives were either saved or enhanced as a result of his organ donation. So six of his organs were used. Medical staff at the hospital in Saskatchewan said that they'd never seen a stronger donor heart. And you know what's interesting is um, apparently, and this is what the Boulets told me, when Rick Suggett donated his heart, his wife was told that they had never seen a stronger donor heart. Wow. The whole country was mourning when the the Bronco Humboldt, the Humboldt Broncos crash happened. Yeah. And and so we were all just devouring all this information about these outstanding young men and their families who had passed. And... When it became known that Logan had donated his organs, there was what is now being called the Logan Boulay effect. And that was a just huge uptick in the number of people um, registering to become organ donors. Now, the, the, the thing that the Boulays are really focusing on now, Dave, is that they really want people to have the discussion because it's not enough just to be registered. You have to let your family know what your what, what your, your wishes, wishes are. are. Yeah, yeah, you have to let them know because otherwise at a time of grief when when they they have to make decisions, they might not make the decision you want, right? Mm-hmm. So th- they've got to sort of plant it in their heads that yeah, this is what my loved one wants. So have that as he calls as uh, Toby Boulay calls it that that kitchen table discussion with your loved ones if you want to be an organ donor. And, you know, after Logan Boulay passed, I signed up to be, uh, um, I registered to be an organ donor. I'd always planned to be an organ donor. I'd signed the back of my um, healthcare card, but I had never really had that discussion with my family. And I think that discussion has been had well, many hundreds of thousands of times as a result of Logan Boulay. And we just don't know right now how many people have been saved as a result of people having that discussion with their families and signing uh, or signing up to be an organ donor. We, we don't know that yet, but um, maybe never will. But 
there's definitely been a huge uptick. And Canada has a pretty bad record of organ donation um, registration mm-hmm. because we have that um, we don't have uh, the automatic assumption that people will donate their organs. We have to sign up for it. It's reverse onus. Yeah, it's reverse onus. Yeah. Now, as you write in your piece that in April of last year in Alberta alone, and that's just Alberta, that you know, this story got picked up and, and carried everywhere. But in mm. Alberta alone, there was a threefold increase in people signing their organ donation designation. And now that his, his parents have kind of taken on that goal of getting more people to have that discussion and, and to to take that simple act... It could, as you say, it could be hundreds of thousands of people. What made his parents want to do that, to pick up the mantle that uh, this simple act that his son wanted to do? Well, for them, Logan's wish is what they want to uphold. And they know that this brings some, as he called it, a miracle to this tragedy, that others live because Logan died Obviously, they would give anything to have Logan back, but that comforts them. It comforts them to know that six people directly have his beautiful organs in their bodies and that Mm. they're living with them. And, um, you know, Logan's mom, oh, my goodness, I cried buckets of tears with them when I was interviewing them. But she said she hopes one day she gets to hear his heart beat again. Right. And so they, this spurs them on because it, it brings some meaning to this tragic death that yeah. is so, it had been avoidable, right? So for some of the other families, they don't have that because their the, their children died immediately at the scene, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have that option. But for Logan, he they got to spend 27 hours with him in the hospital as they kept him alive so that they could harvest his organs. 27 being an important number to them because that's his his jersey number, Logan's yeah. jersey number. For them, that was really valuable time that they spent with their son because they um they read him his like favorite children's books and they um well, sang they, it, to him. Yeah. And, it it gave them yeah. a chance to say goodbyes in a way that other families didn't get because he did he didn't die immediately after the crash, but his injuries were were so severe that they they ultimately took his life. Do you feel or did you get the sense from his parents that the last year being involved in this push to increase organ donations has helped them deal with their grief and help them overcome the loss of their son? Or have there been moments where the notoriety around it has been too much for them, that they've struggled through it? You know... I think, Dave, that it's helped them immensely because it gives them meaning. It gives them a way to acknowledge their son. And I mean, you know this, Dave, and most journalists know this. When a, when people lose their child or lose a loved one that's close to them through tragic circumstances like car accidents or murder or whatever it is, all they want to do is talk about their their lost person, <laughs> their lost loved one, Right. And this gives them an opportunity to do it with um, not simply to talk about their loved one, but to spur on positive action and change. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And for them, I think it's really cathartic. And that they say that. They say that this has been helpful to them. Of course, it's hard. I mean, you know, we spent a lot of time uh, crying together as we went over their story. But um, I think they're healing tears because they're born of great love for their son. Did they talk at all about communication with other families from the the humble team or or the community around the team in the wake of the tragedy have they been able to lead on other families for support or give support to other families definitely they called the rest of the team uh their humble broncos family so they attend everything that has to do with the humble broncos so uh, the um, sentencing hearings for uh, Jaskarat Singh Sidhu, every memorial, those kinds of things, they attend them. They drive to Saskatchewan and they attend those. And they, they've said that they vow that as long as they can make the drive, they will be attending these events because they can't expect other people to uphold the memory of Logan Boulay if they don't. So... Mm-hmm. Their intention is to keep their son's memory alive and to um, to just honor him that way and honor this legacy that has co- has come from this enormous loss. Now, obviously, the the story of the crash and the court case uh, and everything around this humble Broncos tragedy caught Canada's attention, but. It spread beyond Canada's borders, even as recently as the last month. Sports Illustrated magazine made uh, the Boulet effect their cover story. What? How do his parents feel about the notoriety that their story has garnered? Well, they're just delighted that anything will bring attention to the need for greater organ donor awareness and for people to register. You know, they make themselves really available. They mm-hmm. uh, they don't shy away and they don't reluctantly do this. They're they're open. If you ask them, you know, is it okay if we visit the gravesite? They're they're like absolutely. <laughs> they they don't hesitate. So they're both um, very extroverted, lovely, lovely people. Really um, outgoing, and they're both teachers. And Toby is a phys ed teacher, and he's like you know, one of those quintessential PE teachers, you know, <laughs> like you could just uh, full of energy and muscular and boisterous and really lovely people, honestly, just the the best of the best, creme de la creme. And regarding the, the court case, now that uh, Jasker at Singh Sidhu has, has been sentenced and we expect that that chapter is closing, do they feel they're able to turn one more page in their story? And and just focus on the positive now. Yeah, for them, the, I I I had some emails with uh, Toby, and he said that the the sentencing was really really tough um, this last one, but they do feel like it's closed a chapter, and that they don't need to sort of be vigilant on that area. And my understanding is a lot of the other families feel the same way that this is um, th- that chapter is closed, and now they can they can work a little bit harder on healing mm-hmm. themselves and their families, and and trying to find some kind of a new rhythm in their lives without this loved one, right? So. 
you know, for all of the families involved, it, it just a devastating story. And, and what the Boulets have shown is quite a, a bit of resoluteness and perseverance in the face of that tragedy. Leecha, thanks very much for your time. Oh, you're welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Technical support this episode from Dean Pilling. Thanks to my guest, Leecha Corbella. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>